Hello and welcome. Thanks for joining us here at Believer's Victory Church. Today we have an inspiring, powerful message that will change your life. Let's listen in as Pastor Peggy Heal teaches us from the Word of God. Praise the Lord. It's great to be in church this morning. It's Sunday. It's church day. I love church and people say, oh, you love church because you're the pastor. No, I love church when I sat in the back row coming from partying the night before. I still loved it. Amen. Amen. I loved it because I love the power of church. I love the community of church. I, I love everything about church. And so we're starting. How many have ever had, let me catch myself, I'm excited about today's message. How many of everybody had anyone ask you, hey, what kind of church do you go to? What kind of church do you go to? You know, you tell them, like, oh, I go to church. Like, oh, what kind of church do you go to? And you really, you don't have an answer for them. You say, oh, you know, I go to, I go to a Christian church. I go to, I go to a great church. Amen. I go to a life-giving church, uh, you know. And you're just kind of like, well, I, I go to church. I go to church. And, and so how many of you guys, you know, the big popular thing right now is that you send, you get your DNA tested. Like you send your, you know, you do one of those things and you send it off to one of those companies and then they send it back and they, they tell you who you are, right? They tell you, you know, where you've come from and all that kind of good stuff and it's from your DNA. Your DNA shows who you are. And so we have what we call here at our church, we have our DNA. It says who we are as a church because churches are different. Churches are different. God is called, you know, we all, we all, you know, Jesus churches, Christian churches, we all believe in Jesus, but there's churches move in different ways and, and are, are a little bit different. And so we decided as a team that we would get together and we would write out what our DNA is, who we are as a church. And so for two reasons, number one, to remind all of us that go here, this is our church, to remind us, say, you know what, this is who I am. This is what I believe. This is what I'm part of. This is my family. And then also, when somebody asks you, hey, what kind of church you go to? You can say, oh, let me tell you about my church. And so we're going to talk about church today. We're going to talk about us, Believer's Victory, who we are, what we stand for, what we believe, and, and really what we're not. You know, there's some things we're just, we're just like, we're not about that. Amen? And so to, we're starting a new series, and it's called, you ready? This is us. This is us. This is who we are. And you know what? We're not ashamed of who we are. We're excited about who we are because this is who God's called us to be. And it's just all of us coming together to make this church amazing and awesome. And speaking of amazing and awesome, Thursday night, we had an amazing and awesome time right here at BBC. We had a great time. We had, uh, I think we got a video. Zoe, you got a video for us? So we got a video. So if you weren't here, you get a little treat to see what happened, and you can get involved next year. Amen? So let's watch this quick video and see what we did as a church on Thursday night. Thank you, everybody who helped do that. This year we had, we were, we 
we got to be better prepared next year because we gave away 640 hot dogs all before 8 o'clock. And uh, that was a record for us. And so that means more and more people are coming. The parking lot was full. And uh, just so, just so uh, blessed to be part of a church that does that. You know, so often people come up and they're like, you, you know, they want to pay. They want to give an offering. And we're like, no, no, we do this for the community. This is, it's free. And you know what? That's the church you go to. Amen? That's the church you go to. So good job. Praise the Lord. And so we're kicking off our series called This Is Us, and I just want to encourage you about church. Listen, you know how I love numbers? Those of you who know me know I love numbers. And every, day, every Sunday in the United States of America, listen to this, about, this is as of 2018, and listen, nobody called me and said how many people are at your church, so it doesn't even include us, you know, nobody called me and said, you know, um, but they say 120 million people in the United States attend church services, Christian church services, every single Sunday, every single weekend, 120 million people. Now let's put that into perspective so you can kind of get an idea of how many people that is. For every sporting event in the United States, so football, basketball, hockey, baseball, tennis, I don't even know any others, so bowling, you know, <laughs> is that a sport? I don't know. But uh, every single sport, every single sporting event if you put all the people that attend every single sporting event for the entire year, entire year, it is less than the number of people who attend church every Sunday. That's a lot of people. Now, you know what? The enemy will try to tell you, oh, nobody's going to church anymore. That is not true. And that's just in America. That doesn't count for the huge revival that's going on in Nigeria. <coughs> Excuse me, I'm, all, I'm a little coffee today. Please forgive me. <coughs> See, what happens is I sing too much in first service. And I always try to remind myself, don't belt it out. Don't belt it out. But I can't help myself. And so, you know, thank you. I'm going to sing. So if you think about the revivals that are going on in Nigeria, the, the fastest growing church in the world is in a Muslim country of Iran. And it doesn't even count all those people. It doesn't count Singapore, where the majority of the population are believers. South Korea, majority of the population are believers. It doesn't even count all those people. And so the church is powerful. Amen. The church is powerful, and the enemy wants you to think that it's weak, and it's dying, and it doesn't have any power, and it doesn't matter, and it's not a big deal. But you know what? That is a lie, because the church is powerful. And all of the churches that God has placed all over the world, each one has a call, has a, a mandate, has a DNA that's, that's going through their veins, and it's who they are, and it's what they're doing, and it's what they stand for, and it's how they act. Amen? And so when we want to know, like, what's BVC all about? What's Believer's Victory all about? We're going to look at our DNA, and we're going to figure that out. So you guys ready for that? <coughs> Excuse me. So we have this on our website. You can go on there and look at it. It's called our DNA, and, and it says really just who we are, who we are as a church. And someone says to you, hey, what kind of church do you go to? You can say, hey, this is us. 
You can, you can print this out. You can pull it up. You can tell them a couple of these things and say, this is the kind of church I go to. Amen? Because really, this is who we are. And it took a group of us. We, we wrote this. We put it together. And we believe it represents us. Amen? And if you say, hey, you forgot one, then bring it to us so we can all get a good picture of who we are. Number one thing about us is we're spirit-filled. Amen. Amen? We're spirit-filled. We're a spirit-filled church. And we have a plan, but our plan is always God's plan. And so some days you're going to come in here and you're going to hear an awesome message. Somebody say, amen, right? And another day you may come in and we're running around the building, you know, or we're, we're getting hands laid on us or somebody's giving a word of prophecy and you say, oh man, that makes me uncomfortable. Well, you know what? Too bad. Because a lot of times what you need is what makes you uncomfortable. What you need is not, is maybe doesn't fit in your box, but you need to get out of your box. You know, I know for myself, I mean, just, I know it seems weird for me to say it because I'm up here standing in front of all of you talking, but, you know, I'm, I'm a pretty reserved person. Like, I don't like to return things. Anybody else not like to return things? I just don't like to do it. I don't like, and it's not, and it's not like I stole it, you know? I have a receipt and everything. I just don't like to do it. So I always talk a friend and, you know, can you return this for me, you know? And they're like, oh, yeah, I'll take it. I'll take it back. I don't, so I'm, I'm a little reserved, and so when I first began being part of a spirit-filled church, I'll tell you what, it was a mind-blower for me. I grew up in a very strict, uh, you know, fundamental Baptist church. I didn't even wear pants. I mean, I wore something. <laughs> so let's see if you're listening. But we had to wear, you had to wear a dress or you had, or you wore, you didn't have to, I chose to because I just loved the Lord. Or you wore what's very in style now, gauchos. But let me just tell you, they weren't back then. And so then I come in and go to a spirit-filled church, but I'll tell you what, it was in a Wednesday night service years ago when we met, at a, we had Wednesday night services in a hotel. This is like, you know, one million years ago it feels like. And I remember I'd only been in the church for a little while. I'd been, you know, away from church, and I came back, and I just felt like I had so much pain in my life. And even though I grew up in a good house, and my, my dad's a great guy, my mom's awesome, I just had gotten involved in some things with some people, and I just had a lot of, I had a lot of issues. I had a lot of pain in my life, and I felt very empty. And I remember they had a prayer line, and I went up and had hands laid on me. I'll never forget this day as long as I live. I always thought people who did this kind of thing, like bakers, you know, you know, come on, you know, just like you, sometimes you think that. I, I thought that too. But I tell you what, I went up, I was, so, I was desperate for change because, you know, just nothing seemed to be working. And I went up in the prayer line, and I stood there. I didn't really know what to expect. I'd been prayed for before. And, and I remember it was actually my brother, my, my biological brother, Mark. He laid hands on me, and I hit the ground like a sack of potatoes. And I wasn't vacant. And as I laid there, I, I mean, it was just a, it was like a surreal experience. People say, well, what happens? It's like, it's hard to describe. And as I laid on the, on the ground, I just felt, I felt a warm, and, and, and I'm not a weird, flaky person. This really happened. I just felt a, a warm, like, I felt like honey was being poured all over me. 
And, and then when, when I got up, my brother said to me, he said, God said to tell you that he filled all the holes in your heart. And God is my witness and my family and people that are in this church today who knew me then. There's still some of those people here. You saw the change in me. You saw me change. I became like a different person. And after that happened, when people would say, oh, the, that died with the apostles, I would be like, well, you weren't at church Wednesday night because it didn't, you know? <laughs> I mean, I'm a product of that. I'm a product of a spirit-filled church. And so this church is spirit-filled. Because sometimes what you need is you don't even know you need it. You don't even know it exists. You don't even know that power is there. But God has it. And if, you be, if you're open to it, you'll experience it. And I tell you, I went from being like, oh, a bunch of fakers, to being like, I'm in. Amen? I'm in. This is a spirit-filled church. And so the, another thing that we say is we're not religious. Religion is all about the rules and looking good. And it's all outside. And we really don't care what's going on on the outside. We're, we're concerned about what's on the inside. There's a, a joke, and the guy went to church, and, and he got there, and he was wearing uh, jeans and, and a T-shirt and uh, flip-flops or whatever. And, and the church, it was a, a denominational church, and they went up to him and said, you need to ask God what to wear because that's inappropriate to wear at church. And so he went home, and he said... He prayed and he asked the Lord and he went back the next week in the same outfit. And the pastor came up to him and said, I thought you were going to ask God what was appropriate to wear to this church. He said, I did. God said he'd never been there. <laughs> I thought that was a good one. God said, I don't know. I've never been there. And so it's not about the rules. It's not about the, the, you know, what's going on on the outside. It's not about that. You don't have to put on a show to be part of this church. You just got to be you. Amen. And whatever, whatever you wear, that's up to you. What's important is, are you hearing from Jesus? Is your life being changed? That's what's important. Amen? We're not religious. The next thing we say is, we're up or we're getting up. We're either up or we're getting up. Because you know what? Life can kick you down sometimes. But the great thing about church and the great thing about this church is you don't have to come in here pretending everything's okay. You don't have to come in here pretending like you got it all together. Because when you come in, if you're having a tough time, if things are not going well, you're in a hard spot, you know what? We're going to help you get up. My favorite portion of scripture is Acts chapter 3. I feel like Brother Hagen, I almost have it memorized. It said, and Peter and John, right? I'm, I don't really. Um, <laughs> I have the Peggy version memorized. It said, and Peter and John, they went to the gate beautiful, and they saw the lame man sitting by the temple, and he sat there daily. And they went up to him, and he, and they said, you know, the guy asked for money, and they said, we, silver and gold we don't have, but what we do have, we'll give you. And then this is the part I love. It says, and reaching down and lifting him up. I love that. Because you know what? There's times in life 
Well, you don't know what you need, but you need some believers to just come and say, I'm going to give you what I've got, and I'm going to reach down, and I'm going to lift you up. Amen? And sometimes you're the lifter, and sometimes you're the liftee. Amen? Sometimes you're getting lifted, and sometimes you're the one lifting. But the thing is, we don't let each other stay down. Amen? We'll love you. We'll cry with you. Because the Bible says morning may last for the night, but joy comes in the morning. Amen? So we'll cry with you one night, but we're going to lift you tomorrow. Amen? We're either up or we're getting up. The third thing of our, of our DNA, you, if you send a portion of us away, it's going to come back and it's going to say, you belong. You belong. It doesn't matter if you're tattooed from head to toe, if you're, you know, traditional, former, fundamental Southern Baptist. It doesn't matter if you're Catholic. It doesn't matter if you're Muslim. It doesn't matter where you come from. You belong. Amen? You belong. And we say here, it says, we are an inclusive, come-as-you-are culture that operates under this condition. You can belong before you believe. You can belong before you believe. We don't have a checklist at the door asking, you know, (laughs) hold up. You know, we don't do that. But, you know, we sometimes... You can feel like there's not a physical person there, but the looks are telling you that. And you know what? If I catch that here, I stop that here. I stop that here. Because that's not who we are. Amen? You can come as you are. One of my favorite stories, you know, pastoring is not easy work. It's tough work. And so you got to remind yourself sometimes of, of, the, of, of just things that have happened. And one of my favorite stories to remind myself, to stir myself up, that, man, I'm here, I'm making a difference, and and that's all there is to it. Because the enemy will always try to tell you that what you're doing doesn't matter. He does it to you, he does it to me. And so I always remind myself when I was a youth pastor, which I feel are my greatest days, I love being a youth pastor. And I remember this kid came in, him and his friend, and they came in, they were high as a kite. And the really fun thing about high people is they never think you know they're high. That's just always pretty entertaining for me, you know, because high people always think they're sneakier than they are. Is that not true? It's true. And so anyway, these two, two guys came in, they're both high, you know, and they're talking to me. And, and, uh, and I, mean, I, I mean, I totally know, you know, I, don't, I may not tell you, but that doesn't mean I don't know. And so anyway, they come in, and I'm like, oh, you know, I'm really glad you're here. Come on in. And uh, they were actually in the adult service and got sent over to the youth service. And um, so anyway, they were there, and by the end of the night, they were a little less high, and I was like, hey, you know, come back next week. I can't wait to see you. So they came back the next week, and they were a little less high, <laughs> but still high. And, uh, and I was like, oh, keep, you know, just keep coming no matter what. I don't care how you come, you just keep coming. That's what I told him. And so as he just kept coming, him and his friend, they both just kept coming. And I remember him telling me, he said, you never know what it meant to me that you didn't call me out, you didn't kick me out, and you kept making me feel like you wanted me there even though I, you knew. He goes, I knew you knew. <laughs> but here's the great thing about that story. That kid's name is Will Harper, and he's a pastor now. He's a pastor now. 
And he talks to people and he tells them, I came to church high for the first two months. Because <laughs> you know what? You belong. We're all in a different place in our journey. The thing is, we all go together. Amen? We all go together. And so it's not like, listen, that kid didn't stay that way. And that's the thing about church. Church isn't here to, for you to stay the way we were. Church is here to strengthen us to move towards God. Amen? Church is here to help us develop who we are. And I, I look back on that. And the thing is, is that so often people have this idea of church that you can't come in with issues. You can't come in if you're messed up. You can't come in when you really need it. But Jesus himself said that church is a place for the sick. Church is a place for the hurting. Church is a place for the screwed up, the messed up. That's where people belong. But yet the, the enemy has convinced people that you can't come to church unless you got it together. But here's the thing, you can't get it together without church. You can't. And so we've got to do our best to remind people, hey, you belong. You belong. The next thing is we believe love is action. We showed that on Thursday night. You know, we spent a lot of money to show people, hey, we love you. We care about you. We're here for you. This church has open doors. Amen? We have open doors. Next thing is, we're a faith church. We believe in faith. We believe you can speak to things and they'll change. We believe in the power of the word of God. We believe that things are not just as you see them. Things are as God said they are. Amen? That the power of the word of God can change what you see. I believe that. I believe that. I'm a faith person. I don't believe that it, 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 that it is what it is. No, I believe it is what God said it is. And that's faith. We're a faith person, faith church. And you know what? So we go big. We believe big. We speak big. We expect big. You know why? Because God's big. God's big. Next thing is, we do our best. We may not be the best, but we're going to do our best. We're going to do our best. Whatever we do, we're going to do it with excellence. We're going to do our best because we believe God deserves our best. Amen? We represent him. The next thing is, we love to laugh. Amen? We love to laugh because church should be fun. Joy is a fruit of the Spirit. The Bible says laughter is a good medicine. God loves to hear you laugh. God loves for joy, for joy to be in your life. And so if church isn't fun, then life is not going to be fun. And so we believe that church should be fun. And I love what we wrote here. Life should be enjoyed and so should church. We will always look for a way to celebrate in every way and bring fun to every environment. Because I believe that's what God does. Amen? Amen? Jesus said, I came to bring you life, and life to the fullest. I don't know about you, but a full life to me has a lot of laughs in it. Has a lot of laughs in it. And we love to celebrate. I think life should be celebrated, not tolerated. Amen? 
And so at the end of every service, we celebrate somebody. We celebrate our team member of the week. We celebrate if it's your birthday. We celebrate your anniversary. We celebrate if you got a promotion. We celebrate if you got the touchdown on the football game. We love to celebrate each other. And I had somebody come to me not long ago, and they said, they said, do you think we should stop doing that thing that you do at the end of the service? And I was like, what thing? I was like, what thing? And they said, you know, where you're, you're celebrating some kid making the honor roll. You know, that doesn't apply to the whole church. And I kind of looked at him like, do you go here? <laughs> you know, do you even go here? <laughs> I mean, I, just, I really didn't have an answer for it. They were like, well, it doesn't apply to everyone. So why do you do it? I said, because we're family and family celebrates each other's accomplishments and we celebrate each other's birthday I said just because it's not your birthday doesn't mean we're not going to celebrate my birthday and here's the thing if it's my birthday I get the presents but here's the good thing when it's your birthday we'll celebrate it too because that's what family does Families, we celebrate each other. Amen? We celebrate. And so we love to laugh. And then the next one, we say this all the time. We say, we give because we want to. Not because we have to. But you know what? People, when people come here, they're like, I can't believe you get your church to say that. How do you? I said, I don't get them to say that. That's what we live. It's not just something we say. It's something we do. You're never... You're never, we may tell you about a need that we have, but we're never going to twist your arm. We're never going to manipulate you into giving. We're never going to do that. Because if you don't want to do it, you know what we say? Keep it. God loves a cheerful giver. A giver. And if we're like, give it, give it, you know, there's, there's no power in that. But there's a whole bunch of us here. And we've read the word. We believe the word, and we want to give. Amen? And so if you don't want to do it, what do we say? Just keep it. We love you. We care about you. We'll still come visit you in the hospital. We'll still pray for you. We'll still be nice to you. You don't have to sit, you don't have to sit in the back because you don't give. We don't do that. We don't do that. It's like front row for big givers only. No, nope, that doesn't happen here. Doesn't happen here. If you want to give, you give. Amen? And then we believe that together is better. Life's not meant to be al lived alone. You ever think about this? In the Bible, in Genesis, when God created Adam, God created Adam. And the Bible says that Adam walked with God. Just get a picture of that. They're strolling through the Garden of Eden, and he's literally walking with God. He's looking at God eye to eye, face to face. They are talking. That's powerful. But even in that, God said, it's not good that you're alone. And so the enemy will try to tell people all the time, I don't need church. I get people say to me all the time, they say, because, you know, I talk to people about church. I talk to people about Jesus. It's what I do. It's what I do. 
Especially when, you know, the question, oh, what do you do for a living? And I say, I am a motivational speaker. <laughs> I don't really say that. Sometimes I'm tempted to say that. But I say, I'm a pastor. And as soon as I say I'm a pastor, it's like this. Oh. One of two things happen. Either they leave or they start confessing all their sins. One of the two. One of the two. And usually when they start confessing, I'm like, listen, I'm off the clock. I'm just kidding. But the thing is, is when I talk to people about church, a lot of times people say, oh, I love Jesus. Oh, I love Jesus. I love Jesus. But I don't like church. I love Jesus, but I don't like church. And you know, that's so. this is what you're saying. Because the Bible says the church is the bride of Christ. So what you're saying is, you know, Angel and Aaron, Andy are married. This is what it sounds like to God. You know, I really like Angel. I love Angel. Angel's awesome. Angie? Not so much. I don't really like her. I love Angel. But Angie, nah. That's what you're saying. Because the truth of the matter is they're one. And Angie's awesome. We all know that. We love Angie. I knew you could take an illustration there. But when people say, oh, I love Jesus, but I don't like church, you're missing the point. You're missing the purpose of church. You know, you're missing because not being part of church and not loving church, this is what you, this is, it's kind of like this. You know, you, when you got married and you, you were, you know, when you're dating and you're googly-eyed for your husband or your wife and you're like, oh, I can't wait to get married. We're going to spend all of our time together and life's just going to be amazing, right? And you say, I do, I do. And then they go one place and you go another. You don't live together. You don't do life together. How many know that's not a healthy marriage? And then when your marriage is messed up, you're kind of like, well, I really thought marriage is going to be different. And you know what? People do that with Christianity all the time. Somebody prays with them. Somebody leads them to Jesus. And they recognize, man, I need a Savior. I need forgiveness. I need the power of God in my life. I need the holes in my heart filled. I need God. And so they say the prayer... And then they go their separate ways. And they miss out on church. Because church is God's plan for you. It's God's plan for me. Church is powerful. And so, so often that person that says, oh, you know, when I start talking to like, you know, I don't need to go to church to be a Christian. So my response is this. On the inside. I roll my eyes dramatically on the inside. But on the inside, on the outside, I say, that's true. That's a true statement. You do not have to go to church to be a Christian. You don't have to live together to be married. You don't have to live together to have a family. You don't have to show up to get the benefits. That's not true. You do. Because here's the thing, usually the people that are saying, I don't need church, I don't need church, are the people that need church the most. And I always think to myself, 
why in the world, if your life looks like that, why in the world wouldn't you at least try it? You know? But the thing is, they've got it in their mind that some, the church is going to demand something of them or they're not going to fit in or the walls are going to cave in or any other lie the enemy has told them. And so they stay out on their own and that person inevitably in a few years or in a few months or even a few days starts saying, you know, this Christian thing, just it's not doing for me what I thought it was going to do. It's not, it's a, and their lives don't change. And listen, if you get married but you keep living like a single person, guess what? Nothing changes, but you also don't get the benefit of marriage. So many people want the benefit of church without the being part of a church. And there are so many benefits with being in a church. So many, so many benefits. Listen, you don't have to go to church to be a Christian. That's true. But if you want to be a successful, powerful Christian the way God wants you to be, you got to have church. It's part of the equation. And so we believe that together is better. We're designed to be together. And then the last thing, uh, second to the last thing is everyone plays. There's no sit-out bench at BBC. There's none. I have people come up to me and they're like, they always say it like this, oh, Pastor, I have a record. <laughs> a record player? And, and like, like that disqualifies you. It doesn't. Hey, I'm in recovery. Praise the Lord. We all are in some way. Amen? You know? Oh, I'm divorced. Welcome to life. Right? Oh, I'm this. I'm this. I'm this. I'm this. All these things the enemy think is trying to tell you disqualifies you from being part of the church. And so we want to tell you right from the start, everyone plays. There's no sit-out bench. There's no sit-out bench. I don't care where you are, where you're from, we'll find a place for you to serve. Amen? We'll, there's a place for you. There's something for you to do for the kingdom of God. Everyone plays. Look at your neighbor and say, everyone plays. Everybody plays. And then the last thing, I say this all the time. I, I put it on my Facebook all the time. Church days affect all your days. Today, this one day, this one hour and a half that you give to God, this right here, it isn't, it isn't temporary. It's an eternal. It's making an eternal difference. What you're doing right now is going to affect Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday. And the more this becomes part of your life, the more it affects all your days. I'm a product of church. I love church because church changed my life. And, and, it, and it breaks my heart when people are like, oh, I don't need that. And you just want to say, listen, if you want the peace, the joy, the power that comes, that God wants for you, it's going to come through the hands of church people. It's going to come through the messages you hear. I tell you, I have come into church even as the pastor. I have come in hurt. I have come in wounded. I have come in depressed. I have come in with just no joy and just like, man, I need church. And by the time, if we're 
worship begins and things get rolling, I'm just like, man, this is where I belong. This is my house. This is my place. God is so good. These are my people. God is for me. These people are for me. I am different by the time I walk out. And not just as a pastor. <coughs> I told you, man, I've been the one in the back row that's come in from partying Saturday night before. I've been that person, that backslidden Christian that's come in and, and thinking that everybody's looking at me and everybody's this and everybody's that. But this church loved me to this place I am in right now. Amen. And I tell you what. I don't know a better testimony for a church than for people to say, my pastor used to come in from partying and sit on the back row. Because you know what? There's resurrection power in the church. Amen? And there are people that are still part of this church today who loved me, prayed for me, believed in me, encouraged me, helped me. And I tell you, every time I would get back into church, they were there to help me, not to look down on me, not to be, you know, judgy and all that. And when I said I was going to Bible school, people in this church helped me. And look where, look what God has done. What kind, I mean... To the world, that would be like, oh, you're not qualified. You're not this. You're not the mold. You're not the right one. But God says, I'm going to use somebody from the back row to bring people from the back row to the front row, to the altar. I'm going to bring the one who was there and walked down the aisle and gave their life to Jesus. I'm going to use that one to keep it going. And I can't wait to see who God uses after me. They're probably going to look totally different. They're probably going to be totally different. They're probably going to have a totally different story. And I can't wait to see who God uses after me because it's probably going to be even better. And you know what? You sitting here, you're sitting here saying, man, it might be me. might be me. You know what? It might be you. It might be you. It might be you. Because God uses people that are so unlikely to confound the religious people. He breaks the mold to tell people, you don't make the mold, he does. Amen? Amen? He does. And so I'm telling you, I believe when I said those words, it stirred in some hearts. And I know who you are, and you know I know who you are. And I believe God's got a big plan for you. Not that you'll take over, but I believe God's just got a big plan for you. I still got some years left. Amen? I got some years left. <laughs> Slow your roll. I'm only 52. I got some years left. But church days affect all your days. Because you know what? How many of us in here, we know somebody, and they're like, oh, I love Jesus. I love Jesus. But they don't, they don't, they don't go to church. How many know somebody like that? Like all of us. But how many of us be honest and that person needs church? Just like we needed church. And so when we think about church and how powerful it is and how amazing it is and who we are as a church, I want to just encourage you in, in what church is. Amen? And so let's look at a couple scriptures here. You've heard our DNA We've told you who we are. You remind yourself who you are. So when people come in that look different from you, that maybe sound different, look different, are different, you can remind yourself, hey, at this church, we know you belong. At this church, we believe love is an action. 
I'm not just going to talk about, oh, yeah, I love people, but when they come in, I'm like, no, let's, let's talk to people. Let's encourage them. You belong here. Amen? That's what kind of church this is. That's what kind of church this is. And so when we're talking about church, and you say, one thing you got to remember, church is not a building. This building is not the church. We are the church. We are the church. And, you know, people, you know, there's all kinds of different churches. My brother has a church they meet in a movie theater. It's a great church. There are churches that meet in tents. They're great churches. Churches meet in schools. They're great churches. A building doesn't make the church. The people do. There's beautiful, huge church buildings that are empty. There's beautiful, huge church buildings that are religious and won't let people in, and so they're dying a slow, painful death. A church is not a building. We are the church. Amen? The Bible says over here in Acts chapter 2, verses 41 through 42 and 46, this is what the church is. The church, number one, it's a spiritual family. It's a spiritual family. And how many, how many got that one uncle? That one cousin, that one aunt. You know who I'm talking about, that one. Listen, don't be surprised when they show up at church. People are like, oh, this person at that church or that person. Listen, one person doesn't make a family. All of us make the family. And every family's got a little bit of rough edges. But that's okay. We're family. Right? You don't kick people out because they got issues. You love them. You help them. You encourage them. That's what family does. And so the first thing is church is a church family. It's God's spiritual family. And over here in Acts it says, those who believed. Those who believed. And so once you believe, once you believe in Jesus, there are steps for you to take. It says those who believed were baptized. If you're a believer, you need to get water baptized. It's a next step. And if you haven't been water baptized, guess what? We got a pool. And we'll do it. We'll make it happen. It says those who believed were baptized and added to the church. See, once you become a believer, you're supposed to start adding to the church. Amen? You don't just stay home and do your own thing still. You're part of the spiritual family of God. There's a place for you. It says those who believed were baptized and added to the church. They joined with other believers and committed themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship. They worshiped together regularly at the temple courts and met in small groups and homes for communion. And we all love this part. And shared meals. Amen. Woo! One thing church people know how to do is church people know how to eat, right? It says they shared meals with great joy and thankfulness. And so when we look at this, this is the, we, you know, we want to say all the time, hey, we're an Acts church. We're a New Testament church, right? We're the church of the Bible. Isn't that what we want? We don't want our own idea about church. We want God's idea. We want to do it God's way. Well, this is God's way. He said, you believe, you get baptized, you get into church. You get in church, you add to it. And they joined with other believers and committed themselves to the apostles' teaching. What were the apostles teaching? They were teaching the word. They were teaching the Bible. 
They were teaching to love each other. They were teaching to be there for each other. They were teaching that Jesus is the, is the way to heaven. They were teaching forgiveness. They were teaching redemption. They were teaching righteousness. They were teaching healing. They were teaching provision. They were teaching the word of God. And so if you're in church, you're going to hear the word. But here's the thing. In the word in Corinthians, it's in my notes, it's a freebie. Look at your neighbor and say, it's a freebie. freebie. It's a freebie. In Corinthians, Paul's talking to the church, the church of Corinth. That's a location. It's a place like Lake Worth. If Paul was talking to us, he would say the church of Lake Worthians, right? <laughs> the church of Lake Worthians. And so Paul's talking to the church of Corinth, and he's talking to the Corinthians. That's where the book gets there. It's a letter. And he says to them, he says, you guys, they're talking to the church. He said, you guys are carnal. You're unchanged. You're not doing church right. Because the power of God, the word of God, is to help you change. It's to go from hurting to healing. Amen? To go from lack to abundance. To go from anxiety to peace. To go from lost to found. Amen? To go from shame to resurrected. Amen? That, that's, the power, that's the teaching of the apostles. And Paul said, you're not letting the word change you. And he said, he gave this, he said, there's two kinds of word. Two kinds of word. There's the milk and there's the meat. The milk of the word is what babies get, right? And that what, if you, go to, if you go to 2J's today for lunch and somebody's got a four-month-old infant and they're trying to feed him a liverwurst sandwich, how many know that's not going to work? Some of you are like, what is liverwurst? It's delicious is what it is. It's delicious. But it's not going to work. Why? Because they're just a baby. But there comes a time in your walk where you start moving from milk to meat. And in, in the church, if you don't, Listen to the milk and move from the milk to the meat. You're always going to stay a baby because the milk is all, here's the milk of the word. It's what encourages you. It's what makes you feel good. God loves you. God forgives you. God's mercy. God's grace. And you're like, yeah, yeah, that's so good. But then there's the meat of the word. The meat of the word challenges you to change. The meat of the word challenges you to say, hey, I, can, I, can, I want to follow God. I'm going to let some of this fall off me. Amen? And so when we're looking at the church and we're saying, hey, what, what's, the, what's the big deal about the church? Why do I need it? Because if you don't have it, you won't change. You won't change. My favorite cartoon right now, I shared this before, it's, uh, it's a caterpillar and a butterfly are having coffee. And a caterpillar and a butterfly, they're sitting across the table and they're having coffee with each other. And the caterpillar says to the butterfly, he says, you've changed. You've changed. And the butterfly says to the caterpillar, we're supposed to. We're supposed to. Listen, if your walk with God isn't changing you, something's missing. And something that might be missing might be church. Might be church. And so when we think about the power of church and the power of God, and we need to realize that God put two institutions on the planet. He put marriage and the church. Those are the two that he made. Two things, marriage and church. 
And in the culture that is developing now, fewer and fewer people are getting married. You know why? Because they don't feel it's necessary. It's not necessary. It doesn't change anything. Well, if it doesn't change anything, why are couples who live together for a long term without marriage are nine times more likely to end in divorce if it doesn't change anything? It does change something. Marriage changes something. So does church. Church will change you if you let it. Church will build you if you let it. Church will strengthen you if you let it. Church will have you form bonds with people that are unbreakable if you let it. Church will bring the iron to your life that you need if you let it. A lot of what people are missing is that church. You say, man, God hasn't changed my life. Listen, church is God's agent of change. We need it. And that's the kind of church you go to. Amen? Let's pray together. Father, we pray right now in the name of Jesus.